Hey everyone, I'm Jayla and welcome to the Lighthouse Podcast. Um, Just to give a little bit of background about myself, I am currently a full-time college student. Um, I am going to be a fashion designer. I am a fashion designer actually. I'm already making things and I've started my own brand. Um, It's called Renault and one day Renault is going to be um, one of the top luxury, sustainable brands, and I'm speaking that into existence. Um, for years now, my friends and my family have been suggesting that I start either a YouTube channel or a podcast. Um, just because if you if you really know me, you know that I have had some crazy, unique, very interesting situations and experiences in my life i'm gonna share what i learned and what i know to help someone else um so even though i'm pretty young i'm not gonna discount myself because i do know that in some areas i have gained a lot of wisdom um and the wisdom that i've gained already up to this point is just gonna continue to grow So I'm going to share what God puts in my heart um, and share things that have stood out to me from God's word, share my stories. Um, (laughs) Being a full-time college student doesn't really uh, (laughs) give me the freedom to have a consistent schedule, but I'm going to try my best to get episodes out consistently, maybe once a week, but Either way, I'm just going to share what I feel like I need to share when I need to share it. I can't wait to get started, and I really do hope that I'm able to help somebody (laughs) through this podcast and through my stories. So talk to you soon. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Lighthouse Podcast. This is Jayla here. Thanks for tuning in. I am going to jump into this first episode. I'm really excited to share this with you all. It's titled Protecting Your Peace. So first, let's note that peace is a fruit of the spirit. It's a gift from God. When you have a walk with God and you seek God first, you are sowing seeds for the fruits of the spirit. Um, And peace is one of them. It's one that I have been praying for, especially being a college student, just with a lot going on, um, sometimes just drama, mess, things going on uh, with homework and classes being difficult. So I definitely prayed a lot for peace. So the fruits of the spirit are of love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, which are all very important things to have. My first point in protecting your peace is discernment. I feel like in my life, I've always had discernment, but there were times when I was hard-headed or I didn't listen to or pay attention to the discernment in my spirit and just went with what was comfortable for my flesh instead of what I knew was right 
So also with friendships or relationships, there was just a revolving door of friendships because I ignored discernment in the beginning that was telling me this isn't a friendship or a relationship that you should be in, that you should continue. But ignoring discernment, I went along with things anyway, and it just led to destruction each time. So my advice is definitely to pray for discernment and use wisdom. One person in the Bible who prayed for discernment between good and evil was King Solomon. So God came to Solomon in a dream and told Solomon, ask me for what you want. And this is one part of King Solomon's prayer. He says, your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. That's 1 Kings 3, 8 through 10. So God was pleased with King Solomon's prayer for discernment. And that's something that we really should be praying for. A lot of pitfalls can really be avoided by paying attention and acting on your discernment. And when you are intentionally seeking God for answers in a season or a situation in your life, God is not going to ignore you. He may not answer as quickly as we want him to or when we think he should, but God's timing, he's always on time. His timing is the right timing, and he's going to let you know what you need to know. My next tip for protecting your peace is setting and upholding boundaries. So protecting your peace starts at the front gate, right? So, and I'll explain what that means in just a few moments, but God has set boundaries for us and God's boundaries are protection. Now, people who don't have a walk with God um, or are not a Christian see a lot of boundaries as a lot of God's boundaries as just rules, right? And just a list of things that you can't do. And they think that it's very constricting when in reality, the boundaries are there for protection. And if anything, there's freedom within those boundaries. So I've experienced the consequences of going outside of the boundaries that God has set. And it was the worst feeling I've ever experienced, right? Because there was a lot of pain involved, a lot of hurt, a lot of broken bonds, a lot of broken friendships and relationships because of going outside of those boundaries. And they're there to protect us. So if you stay within that boundary, you know, you're going to have more peace than if you were operating outside of those boundaries and just dealing with a lot of unnecessary things that God never intended for you to have to deal with. For example, Ishmael, like Abraham and Sarah were not patient and ended up having Ishmael by bringing in Hagar. And I'm not going to go into all the details of the story. Feel free to 
look into that um, on your own time, but it, that's that's basically what it's like. You you'll birth or create problems that you were never intended to have. So in the same way that God has set boundaries for our protection, we need to have boundaries to protect our peace. So this is what I meant by saying that peace starts uh, at the front gate. It's gates versus walls. So having a wall up would mean that no one is getting inside, right? While a gate gives you the opportunity to discern whether someone is allowed in. A gate could allow people in who should be part of your life while a wall might keep people out who don't. And the good thing about having a gate and using discernment is, you know, instead of just completely not letting someone in, you can use your discernment. And if you feel something is off, if you, you know, you're praying about it and in your spirit, you feel something is off about a friendship or a relationship or even going someplace, you can... You can wait, right, until you have confirmed, you know, a confirmation that, yes, this is something you should pursue or move forward with or not, right? So discernment helps with avoiding letting people in who don't need to be in your life or even just keeping them at a safe distance and not bringing someone into your inner circle that doesn't need to be there. Also, consider what negative changes are occurring in you due to your connection with someone. If you just started being friends with someone and you realize that you've become more reckless or you're lazier when you're with that person, because we are influenced, whether we like it or not, by the people we spend our time with the most. Like, I wouldn't say that I... The person I am today is an easily influenced person, but if I allowed myself to be around people who are doing things outside of what my boundaries are for myself, outside of what God's boundaries are for me, eventually I'm going to get comfortable and I'm going to start doing what the people I'm around me are doing, right? So you have to look at that as well when it comes to the gates versus walls, um, uh, you know, point is just being careful about that. And that's a good way to check that and check if someone should be permitted. For example, my personal boundaries with, with people specifically is just one, I don't, I don't like being lied to, right? Because that is a disturbance to my peace. It stresses me out to be lied to. And I just don't, I don't do well with that. I don't lie to people, or at least I try not to, right? Um, I'm not perfect, but I also just don't want to be lied to. So if I'm not, you know, gonna be okay with someone lying to me and it's not okay for my peace, then I'm gonna keep that person outside the gate. Another thing that I don't admit beyond the gates in my life is disrespect, right? So I don't speak disrespectfully to myself. My friends don't speak disrespectfully to me. My family doesn't speak disrespectfully to me. So I can't allow someone beyond the gates if they're going to disrespect me, right? Or use language with me that I don't use with myself or those around me don't use with me. So I have to keep those kind of people 
at a distance because it is beyond the boundaries that I've set in my life. My next point is forgiveness. I believe that you cannot fully be at peace if you nurture bitterness and resentment. If you are trying to grow your fruits of the spirit, you cannot waste your water on bitter seeds. So let's look at Hebrews 12, 14 through 15. And by the way, everything I'm reading is in NIV translation. So Hebrews 12, 14 through 15 says, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. So bitter roots grow up to cause trouble and there's no peace in in trouble or if you are troubled, right? It's the exact opposite thing. So be mindful. And I do believe that like forgiveness is a journey. There are situations in my life where forgiveness has not been a one-time thing. It's something that I have to choose like every single day or every time that I have a memory or just a bad thought or a bad feeling. I have to remind myself to forgive and not be bitter and not harbor resentment. And a verse that really motivates me to continuously forgive is Matthew 6, 14 through 15. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. This verse really motivates me when I sense resentment. Like, yes, somebody may have lied to you. Someone may have stabbed you in the back, stole from you, cheated, whatever the case may be. I've experienced a lot of um, betrayal in my life. And I just have to remember that God forgave me, right? Because I have not always um, put God first and I have not always obeyed God. And God still forgives me day after day, time after time. And if I can't forgive others, then I'm a hypocrite and God's not going to forgive me. That is literally what the verse says. If you do not forgive others their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. God sent his son to live a sinless life and die for our sins. And He God continues to forgive us. And forgiveness is releasing the other person. Sometimes it's releasing yourself if it's yourself that you need to forgive. I've been there. Um... And allowing yourself to experience peace in the present tense is the result of forgiveness. So, you know, just keep that in mind that it's also a release. You're not holding on to, like I said, bitterness or resentment. When you forgive, you're erasing that debt, just like God erased your debt. And then another thing with forgiveness that I'm not going to dive too much into in this episode is just that Know that forgiving someone does not mean that that person should have the same access that they once had to you. It's very important not to be foolish in this. Know that 
they do not have to be your best friend again. They, you don't have to take a person back just because you're forgiving them. A lot of times, sometimes you forgive someone and you'll never have a conversation with them again. And if you did, they'd think like, you know, what do you mean you're forgiving me? I didn't do anything wrong. Some people don't have the self-awareness to know that they ever owed you an apology. So again, this is where forgiveness comes to allowing yourself to experience peace because you've, you can't sit and wait around for someone to apologize, especially someone who doesn't know that they should or that they need to. My next point for protecting your peace, my next tip is gratitude. So gratitude really is the key to having peace. Um, gratitude trains your mind to be more optimistic, it trains you to see the glass half full. Give more notice to like what God has blessed you with in your life. The more that you're thinking about how much God has blessed you, the happier and more content you're going to be. You're not worrying or thinking about what you don't have or how you think life should be going for you, but just be content for the season that God has you in. Because you don't know what tomorrow is going to hold. It could be it could be worse than today. You know, be happy and content as much as you can. I'm not saying that that's easy at all. It's not. <laughs> It's not something easy, but it's something that you have to consistently work towards if having peace in your life is important to you. Matthew 6, 25 through 27 states, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body. What you will wear is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? So don't worry. Be happy. <laughs> be content. Be grateful. And this is my last piece of advice for protecting your peace. Is self-discipline. This is probably the most important one in my opinion. Culture today pushes a narrative of do what you want, do what makes you happy. And that's a dangerous mindset. Because personally, when I have been told this phrase, it was always used to promote things that God does not condone. It was condoning um, promiscuity, uh, drunkenness, drugs, sometimes violence, right? And the happiness, quote unquote, that's referring to what's satisfying to our flesh. And your flesh is never fully satisfied. It's only ever going to be temporarily satisfied. So just know that that's not um, something to live by. Do what makes you happy. It's, it's not. So... Galatians 5:19 states Okay, 19 through 21, sorry. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, 
idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. You have got to learn to get your flesh in check, okay? Because one thing on that list leads to another thing on that list, leads to another and another and so on and so forth. I am not just saying this out of purely observation, but also out of experience. Get your flesh in check. When you are acting according to your flesh, there's no peace in that at all. There's no peace in that. Um, If you know, you know, like there's just not. It's a mess and that, again, this goes back to God's boundaries as protection because he knows before we know, you know, what consequences are. And sometimes you know what the consequences are and do it anyway because your flesh has overpowered you, right? And you've become a slave to pleasing your flesh and you're doing things that in your mind, you don't 100% want to do, but now it's become a pattern and it's become a habit for you. It's not even fun anymore. There's also the forbidden fruit effect, and you can look that up, but it's basically where your brain sometimes wants things that it can't have or things that it knows you shouldn't have because it's the forbidden fruit effect. I'm not going to dive too deeply into that right now. Um, but the consequences of those acts of the flesh lead to guilt and shame. And if you have a relationship with God and you've experienced conviction, you know that it's it's not a fun feeling. Um, so just learn to, to have self-discipline and pray for the Holy Spirit to guide you. And try fasting to get your flesh in check. Like that is a, that's actually a great way to discipline and starve your flesh and I, I don't mean that as like physically starving um I mean in some cases the fast yes does involve food but I would encourage you to fast something that you do too much like for me last year I started to fast like music and songs that I was listening to and definitely noticed a change in behavior a change in my thoughts just by decreasing the amount of music that I shouldn't have been listening to just decreasing the amount of time that I was listening to that and now I'm at the point like months later where that's not hard for me to do so each time I want to challenge myself to do something like whether it be Hulu or TV um and I have a really strong sweet tooth so sometimes I will fast sweets but it's just to remind my flesh like the Holy Spirit is in charge, not you, right? And you just want to become strong enough to say no to fleshly desires. Also, with self-discipline comes being aware of cues of when you need to leave a conversation or a social setting. And that's because sometimes those settings or conversations can lead to you stepping outside of who God called you to be. Uh, Ephesians 4, 22 through 24 says, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, 
which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So put off your old self. So conversations that I used to be comfortable having, I, I'm not comfortable having now. I'm, again, not perfect, but I, I try to avoid conversations that I used to be comfortable having, whether it's gossip or just talking about someone that I don't like, um, just stuff like that. Also, Second Corinthians 6.17 states, Therefore, come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing and I will receive you. So come out and be separate. So if I'm in a conversation and there's like a lot of profanity going on, I'm going to step away from that conversation because what you're around and what you hear and what you see is planting seeds in your mind. And you need to learn when to not allow those things in your space and in your mind um, so that you don't unintentionally have these seeds and plants growing that are corrupt within you, if that makes sense. The same goes for your thoughts. So I'll practice redirecting my negative thoughts by tuning into devotionals or exercising or even listening to worship music. One of my favorite verses, I actually have claimed this verse as my life verse, is 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 5, which says the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension, pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And I love this verse because it lets me know that I can take down, I can demolish pretensions in my mind that set themselves up against the knowledge of God. And the enemy loves to confuse us, right? And put negative thoughts in our minds and you know, eventually we're nurturing those negative thoughts and it's not at all, you know, things that God said and they're not things that line up with his word, but we have the power to demolish those strongholds within our minds. And I believe that if that comes with the discipline of learning to consistently just redirect those negative thoughts. That is all I have in regards to protecting your peace. If I think of anything else, I will drop a part two. And I hope that this helps someone. And really, I hope that you got something out of it. Um, maybe learned something you didn't already know. Um, but until next time, be blessed. Thanks again for tuning in.